Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Monday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is February 26th. Andy, how we doing? Brendan, I'm doing great. I just, uh, I gotta say, there's a there's a new nap in town. Usually, you know, golf on the weekends, people are people are talking about naps during golf coverage. Nap. Yeah, a little golf nap. Now, now the tour's got its own nap. You know that they can make all the puns they want with. Nap time, I think, was the call when Dan Hicks when it, when the putt went in, little tap in there in eighteen. Uh, Don't yeah, sleep on a, nap. It's a win for syllable efficiency. We needed this. It's been a while. We needed we need a good solid two pops. Jake Nap. I'm very happy about that. Uh, the Mexico Open. I don't know if that's the highlight of our Mexico Open chat. I actually watched a fair amount of this Me on too. Sunday and over the weekend, uh, various you know intervals. I don't know why uh, I do this to myself. <laughs> it's like a seven, seventy degree day today, and and I'm I went for like a hike with my wife and kid, and and I and I'm starting to get like you know I'm getting antsy at the end of it. And my wife's like, what's what's wrong with you? I'm like, I got to get home. I got to watch the Mexico <laughs> Open. <laughs> I was doing the same thing this afternoon with errands around my house and bullshit. My wife had a, a minute of navel gazing here. We're going to talk about ourselves. But that's part of why, quite honestly, we're allowed to do 50-minute podcasts where we talk about Teslas and e-bikes and bears in Mexico. I think, hopefully... We like can show our work occasionally. We like, yeah, maybe we don't want to be watching the Mexico Open, but we are. We promise you, we are keeping up and trying to stay informed, even though we are idiots and uninformed on many subjects. Uh, we'll throw 50 minutes on Teslas next time. All right, so we did watch the Mexico Open. It's Victory Monday uh, because the gambling pot is back. 4A, Steven Yeager. I'm hot. I'm getting my just due. I mean, I, the gambler, the gamblers aren't giving it to me. The gambling content purveyors out there aren't giving it to us because they're they hear footsteps. But uh, we're back in the winner's circle uh, with a solid T three, <laughs> Steven Yeager, um, and you, victory Monday for Andy, because I think we have positive movement, positive momentum with the uh, United States government and State Department on your passport situation. It's not it that hay is not in the barn, but we're getting there. Getting closer. That- <laughs> we're uh, we're moving we in the right think- direction. I believe I get it on Tuesday. I've got to I've got to go pick it up. I think uh, I think I'm set though. I I think I think I'm locked in. It was it was uh, I gotta say. Well, <laughs> you'll love this. You know, <laughs> you told me I needed to lock in, lock in on this. Prioritize it. <laughs> Number one, you just can't you can't have anything else in your life. This had to be it. My wife was like all over me about it too. And it was, uh, I was, my appointment was, uh, what was it? Thursday morning, Friday morning, Friday Friday, morning, Friday. Yeah. And it was Thursday night. And I realized that I hadn't gotten my passport photos yet. 
at no. like 9.30 p.m. Come on. <laughs> just, listen, I... Can I can I just say something? Some Many people pointed out the most galaxy brain nonsense Andy line ever that you uttered on that podcast was like, we're actually ahead of schedule with this because your wife asked ahead of schedule with like 10 days, like as opposed to being in the boarding boarding lane to get on the plane and realizing it. We're actually ahead of schedule. That was the most Andy line ever. All right, so you don't have so, the photos. So my appointment's 9.30 a.m. I'm like, okay. I'm super worried at this point. Now now I was worried because I was like, oh, I got to get a photo. I, fa- I, I was searching around on the internet. I ended up up till like midnight till I found a Walgreens that photo department wo- uh, started at 7 a.m. Okay. So, but then I had a okay. backup appointment at a UPS store at nine. And I was like, yeah. can I go to the UPS store, get over to the passport office by 930? <laughs> I mean, it was awful. It was awful. I don't know. This is, but I, I am a man that needs deadlines. I need, these are things that I only operate under. You know, for example, we, we got to write up in Club TFE, the park. I was convinced you I was going to get done. it done on Friday. But I knew I needed to get it done by Monday. So when does it get done? Sunday, you know? Well, that is, I mean, like, you can't send the park course profile in Tuesday after the match. It was glorious, probably, having that match. Like, having that firm deadline. And you got it done. It will be on Club TFC so, tomorrow. I just I just am a deadline kind of person. I, I tell are, yeah. I t- every once in a while, people try and get me to write stuff for them. And I always tell them at the at the front end, Never, ever tell me that a deadline that you tell me is loose because you are not going to get it until you tell me I absolutely have to have this on this date. Okay. I like to procrastinate. I I thrive on procrastinating. Sure. Of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll I'll get it. We'll have confirmation Tuesday night. Uh, should time. we re- should we reveal while we're at it where why you need it why we we need these documentations and where we're going in about a week? Sure, yeah, we're going to Northern Ireland. We are going to Northern Ireland. We are very very excited. Um, we are uh, ten days. Yeah, we're gonna be podcasting. We're gonna do shotgun starts from over there. It's gonna be kind of nice. Watch a little primetime API and players championship, uh, or I guess players championship practice. No, start a players championship. We'll be over for that. Yeah, we're going to Northern we'll get Ireland. Get the walkups are... on Sunday night. The, those will hit different when people are arriving at, at TPC Sawgrass. <laughs> when it's nighttime where you are, it could be the disrespect. Maybe watching Dis- in a pub. Not not out of respect for Arnold, they'll be showing the TPC Sawgrass parking lot and practice facility while API is trying to wrap up. Uh, we will be in Northern Ireland. We are very excited. We're going to see some uh, some uh, world class. I think that's the appropriate term. Golf courses over there, as uh, the fried egg is wont to do. We are trying to get around the world, uh, see as many golf courses as possible. It's not an easy task. There are a lot of golf courses out there, but Ireland and Northern Ireland Specifically, it would be a place you want to get. We're going to go see what? Royal County Down. Yeah, we got Royal County Down, Ardglass, uh, Port Stewart, uh, Royal, Royal Port, Port Rush. Both courses there, obviously. Um, and then Castle Rock. Uh, we're going to fit in a few hidden gems, too. We really... Yeah. Uh, it's it's awesome. One of the things I, I was excited about and you know, is we're going to see Royal County Down and Port Rush twice, um, which is, is a very nice thing to do on one of these trips is like, if you're going to go 
across the across the world uh, to play some of the best courses in the world. You know, scheduling two wow. rounds at them, you know, is good. You know, because obviously, like I think a lot of these golf courses, uh, you know, uh, Royal County Down in particular, he's got it's one of the most blind great golf courses in the world. So what I'm excited about is you know, blind blind shots only blind once. You gotta go around yeah. it, spin a second <laughs> time. That's um, quite deep. That's philosophical. There, I like that. Indy. I was kinda, reading. Uh, it's kind of like Dokes. the DJ. DJ, if you want to hit a fade, but, make sure you hit the fade. Blind <laughs> shots. I don't know what. Well, I mean, I think there's probably enough unsuspecting tourists where it could be blind twice, three times, and four times when they go back to the tee and forget what they saw. But you're right. Um, one, we're very one of the excited. Things I actually so. I, you know, a little peek behind the curtains with these content trips is like, you know, they're a grind in the summer because of hours, right? If you want to shoot the really great sunrise, sunset footage in the UK, you're talking at like 4 a.m. wake ups, yeah. 10 p.m. closing up shops. And one of the nice aspects of of this trip is the is the lack of sunlight. Is going to give us ample time to hit up the pub scene, hit up the culture a little bit. Yeah, see, yeah. so, see, so go into town and villages and where we're staying. You've you've booked some nice Airbnbs. We're very excited. Going to see some great golf. Um, the one thing you said, trip around the world. For me, maybe for you, for me, it's like basically going to the West Coast, like going to West Coast golf trip in a, in a way. You know, there's going to be one red eye probably either way. I guess you don't have to take a red eye coming back, but door to door. You know, if we want to land in Dublin and play a local course around there or wherever you're going, it's going to be the flight is comparable. So we're pretty excited to get over there, see some good golf courses. And and you have your passport almost. Almost. We're close. I got so many good messages like you got plenty of time. You're fine. I am ahead of schedule. You know, what's crazy, though, is what I've learned from this is that they shut you down. They jam you. Say your passport actually expires six yeah. months before the expiration date. Because you could technically be abroad and overseas for an mm-hmm. extended period of time, and then it's you'll be out of the country when it expires. So, anyways, going to see that. We're excited. Royal County Down has Irish Open in September, and then Port Rush has the Open. Hopefully, the year, first so. of a few international trips this year. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Need to line everything line up. An international event this week. Mexico Open at Vidanta Vallarta. I don't know if the, the course is any comparable to what we'll see in Northern Ireland, but uh, it hosted a PGA but Tour event nonetheless. It's got a controversial feature on the 18th hole with that fence. I mean, it has everything. I watched this for a couple hours. It was circus golf. It was Andy... I think it's shaded into the so bad it's good territory. It was getting there. Are you it was getting me? there. Come on. We Valimaki, had, these... had Valmaki versus Nap, the duel we've been waiting no, for. No, I'm talking about the course. I'm talking about the course. <laughs> talking about the. Like, I don't just think the... it's bad enough. I don't think had... it's bad enough. I think it's just very <sighs> mediocre. You had Justin Lauer hitting it off cart path curbs, like doing bumper oh, yeah, bowling, like good. rattling it around down. You got going, boundary fences going out into the into yes, the junk. Yes, you've got boundary fences. You've got these cart path cul de sacs in view on the on the broadcast. Uh, you've got. I love the rules official. I was like, oh, this is all tied in. This is all with every, everything within like this twenty yard span. You could just come out in the grass and drop there. Um, 
you've got guys playing down the alternate fairway on 18, which is another course, which they didn't think about. They're just ripping it up there because all the danger is right. Valamaki's got to hit the hero drive down too. But they didn't think about the other course, whatever that is, Vedanta, the other Vallerta on the left, and they're just ripping it into that fairway, then going up and over. You've got backboarding on a reachable par five with a hazard behind it. Yeah, just everything sort of shading into the the, the so bad it's good. Uh, car paths just total and, and sprinkler head sprinkler head drops green side it was just like sort of became this circus uh sequence of rulings and non like living objects uh <laughs> kind of making an impact uh, on the the late wave but jake knapp holds on uh to win the mexico open i gotta say Velmaki should be should be ashamed of himself for not oh, knowing get the out rules. of here not knowing the SH Kim route of a way to free drop could have made things a little more interesting. What was the distinction there? Do you understand? That I don't understand the distinction. I mean, so SH Kim, for those that don't know, this is it, so actually let's just color the whole picture because most people probably didn't watch this. The <laughs> fence, there's a fence that goes up the 18th hole that marks out of bounds. In the first round, S.H. Kim hit a ball out of bounds. He hit his provisional right up against the fence. Now, typically, a boundary line you do not get relief from. S.H. Kim contended that he was playing to hop the fence and hit the ball from there, which somehow led to a free drop. The fence, I guess... Impacting his swing, but like, but that's the boundary. You should never get a a drop from a boundary. I think it had to do, and I'm not positive, and I'm sorry. I think, like, I don't think anybody really knows, clarified why this happened. I heard them say that they were characterizing the sand down to the fence as an extension of the cart path, which is preposterous. Yeah, they were. They said it was all tied in. I think they were doing that. What, they did that during the Valamaki thing. Why uh, wouldn't the architect just have a cart path spill over into the fence if they wanted well, it all tied in? They had ample cart paths. If the last two hours were any indication of the impact they had on the event. So anyways, but, yeah. SH Kim claimed that he was going to hop the fence and hit this preposterous punch shot from the other side of the so, fence and got a free drop. Does now, the fence then become a TIO? Because he's going to hit? I don't... Well, that's the thing. A, a boundary fence is never supposed to be... Yeah. Like, you're it's, never it's supposed to... It's a hard and fast deal. Yeah. Yeah, it's a boundary fence. So I don't really understand where the free drop came, but he got a free drop because he said that he was going to hop the fence and play from the other side and hit a punch shot. Belmaki's so not hopping any fences. He's a burly boy. He is a burly boy. He's a unit. What did you think of I your first it. exposed... Velamaki. Oh, that's that. That just disrespects our golf watching history. I love watching saying, like, Muscat full, a few full years ago. Exposure, like on on the big on the I guess the big stage that is the. I loved him. I like he lumbers. He has a great walk. He kind of lumbers off the tee. He seemed very uh, sort of gregarious. I enjoyed Sal- Sammy Velamaki. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I, he, he was feeling the heat. <laughs> he was feeling the heat down the stretch. He hit some well, putrid chips. The one, the the one, the the part, the bunker shot on the par three was awful, horrendous, and then the chip shot 
on the par five where he's just like in the perfect spot. I mean, the Faxon setting it up like he couldn't be in a better spot. You know, you couldn't, it couldn't be, this is going to be the, you know, you could hit this shot two ways and he just like hits it and it's 25 feet away. It was the, that, that <laughs> shot was legitimate, a, a 15 handicapper shot oh, and that's on. in the same situation. I feel like you would see that in like a, a member guest shootout where you got like the 15 handicap and 200 people watching. Um, okay. I, that's fine. Yes, he did play well. Like, I mean, Jake Knapp shot a 71 and hit two fairways. It wasn't like that. The door was open for the first nine, first couple hours. And Valamaki really didn't exactly turn on the Jets at all. And then kind of didn't make him work for it at all on the 72nd hole, which is what you want to see when a guy who's never won before, you'd like to make him work for it on the 72nd hole. So Yeah. Well, uh, anyways, so then Valamaki needs, you know, he's two back on 18. I don't want to give too much play by play, but he hits it up against the SH Kim fence. We'll just call it that from now on. Um, so he hits the SH, SH Kim fence and he goes up there and he has to take an unplayable because he didn't say he was going to hop over the fence and hit the punch shot that SH Kim was thinking. Now, this is insane. This is the insane thing about golf rules, right? Is SH Kim comes up with this ridiculous not idea but like hey i'm gonna do this it's complete he's not wouldn't have if the fence fence isn't there there's no way he hits the shot that way but he says he's going to do it and he gets a free drop and it's the same rules official i think it was orlando pope no orlando pope was the guy on the on the broadcast he was in the tower he was not on the ground was it ken tackett then no, it was a Ken Tackett. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. He's going to doppelganger. So anyways. I think. This is the same rules official. Should the rules official have been like, hey, man, if you say you're going to hop the fence, you get a free drop. Do you feel like that should happen? I mean, if you or is knowing the, the rules an like an advantage? I guess knowing the rules should be an advantage. If, if I well, played by, if I, but it's it's a ridiculous thing that the people that had the same exact thing happen, and you have two different outcomes. Does language not matter anymore? Is a boundary a boundary or is it not? If you're over the boundary, you're over the bound. You're off the course but on the on the boundary line. Oh, he said he was on the boundary line. Well, if any part of your ball fence, is on the boundary line, I believe it's out of bounds. You can make a swing. He said he could make a swing from out of bounds to the ball on the line is basically what he's suggesting. So, rules Bell are Maki, hard, man. We should have gotten a rules expert on to talk about this. Orlando Pope, hit us up. Um, but Valmaki wasn't going to win either way. Jake Knapp. Uh, first player PGA Tour like history or maybe fifty years to only hit two fairways and also win. His profile now is uh, suits well for like Torrey Pines. He's done well there. He did well here. He's very long hitter. I was happy to see him win. He's been a great, interesting story here in the first two months of the year. Um, a lot of people said it was one of the worst final rounds they've ever seen, or it was just a snoozer or a terrible event, and you know. You said it shouldn't exist on Thursday, but I'm happy for Nab. He's sponsored by the Mighty Ducks. 
Uh, I love that. He's got it on his, I think it was left sleeve, the old ducks. Quack, quack, uh, quack, Mr. Ducksworth. <laughs> Who's your favorite Mighty Ducks character? I mean, how about the guy that could lasso? Lasso roping, got <laughs> the roping two? penalty. He was Mighty Ducks too. I two. I think you're Ducks too. I mean, how how could in Mighty Ducks one, how could we not be Fulton Reed? You know, like the guy oh, yeah. that can't skate somehow becomes on a state champion team because he can <laughs> shoot a shot, but he can't skate. In Minnesota, like, it's, an too. Insane, not like... it's an insane premise for, for the whole thing <laughs> that this guy can't even skate and somehow he's playing on the state champion team. In Minnesota, hockey, high school hockey, not like Georgia or something like that. It's ridiculous. That's knuckle, Goldberg. I think knuckle, I was a Goldberg guy. Was he the knuckle puck? Did Fulton yeah. Reed? It was just a no. monster slap shot. Who was the knuckle puck? In, it was uh, the it was Keenan, Keenan, right? Keenan, yeah, yeah. Yes. I think. God. What a cast! Ad, what was the what was the Adam Gates? Was that Adam the, Banks? Adam, Adam Banks, Banks. Is the hawk. He got he was in the wrong district, and they and he's swooped got the in. Wrist, yeah, the wrist yeah. thing. Yeah. What should we call Nap? Nap? Maybe Nap should be Gordon Bombay. Maybe that should be a sick <laughs> We'll come up with one. Uh, I was happy for him. Look, uh, I think it's hard. Uh, it, this didn't have to be riveting entertainment. I'm not going to suggest this was like a great sporting competition. I think, like, for those of us shouting, I'm looking at you, maybe, and others, about churn and turnover and a closed shop, like, you can't then also say these events can't exist. There have to be these stories. You have to provide, Jake Knapp is, I don't know, for this, so far this year's Eric Cole. Like, if a guy's hot, you cannot close the shop off farther. You can't. You have to open it up to mid-majors. If you want an NCAA tournament with only Big East, ACC, Big Ten teams, go for it. Enjoy yourself. But you have to have a chance. You can't just have 15 events and they're all a closed shop. If you, want, you can't be for churn. I got this phone going off. And then also say these events... You know, it hasn't worked in three years. And I think I plugged the cord in and I reactivated it. Like, it has, we haven't had this go off in three years. Do you understand the contradictions yes. here? You have to open it up. I don't say it's a great event or great tournament. I just don't think it should be considered the same tour. It should be considered like a qualifier tour. Does that make sense? Can we just, like, I, I was thinking about this a lot. And I know, I, you know, listen. I want to have churn. I I appreciate the modelers that are shoving in my face right now as we sit at forty percent turn. I appreciate that. I want to be wrong about that stuff. But this um, the yeah we they just this just can't be the same. This can't why, be why, called the why? same tour. Why? It's because just a it's name. not. We it's all not, recognize. We all recognize it's not no, as good as Riviera. No, no. people like, people don't. Name. I'm on like a I'm on a college buddies group text chain that like they they're like why are there why is this leaderboard so bad they don't understand because you're turning in to the mid-american conference conference tournament and not the big east conference okay, tournament so you know what you know when you turn the tv on it says mid-american this should be pga tour qualifier series they, they you have to name this it ha these events have to have like a very so like, clear branding to them that's not the same as the the signature or designated whatever the f hell they're called. Freak. Yeah. I I I just wanted I, 
I'm mad that we got derailed because I found there's an article on the ringer that ranks all the Mighty Ducks players, the best <laughs> players. You are just okay. Do you remember Guy Germain? Guy. Guy. Is it Guy Germain or yeah, Guy? I, I, well, it says Guy. Guy Germain. Okay. <laughs> He's their number number one player. So here's the here's the write up. Yeah, that's right. Guy Germain is the flashiest player. He doesn't have Banks's talent, Conway's leadership skills, or Fulton's powers, but he's the smoothest player on the Ducks. A two-way force with skilled hands, elite vision, and a knack for oh, so finding the like puck. This is like an honest hockey analysis. This is like not <laughs> yes. character. It's hockey analysis. In parentheses here, if you watch carefully, you'll see that Guy basically never leaves the ice. Oh, he's the little guy. Through three yeah. movies, the Ducks score 38 goals on screen and Guy <laughs> assists on almost a quarter of them while netting three of his own. Everyone wants to marvel at Fulton's shot or Banks' ability, but Jermaine is the one who makes the team tick. All right. Real hockey analysis. And then, the and then he goes, confidence. Guy Jermaine was spitting game at, at Connie Moreau from day one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Connie. So, all right. I'm going to run down this real quick. Number two is Adam Banks. Number three is Fulton Reed. Number three is Reed. Okay. Can't skate. Okay. Connie Moreau's number four. He's kind of like that. Maybe the nap uh, analogy. Can't skate, but he can. <laughs> he hits bombs off the tee. If you look at his data golf, like Pentagon or whatever it is, it's like the driver stretched all the way out. And there's a, a few other things are wanting. Maybe You're saying he's a one trick pony? No, you can't be a one trick pony and be in the Aeon Swing Five or whatever it is. He's in, he's in the Masters now. Congrats to him. Five is Julie the Cat Gaffney. Oh, yeah. Six is the other part of the Bash Brothers, Dean Portman. Oh, Dean Portman. Of course. From from Chicago. You know, smashing up the locker room when he gets mad. Maybe that's Nap because he was a bouncer. Dean Portman, because he's a bouncer. He was a bouncer in his spare time, as we heard a hundred times on the broadcast. So, you know what? This is one of my favorite things. The write up, my favorite things about the uh, Mighty Ducks is how they're constantly playing against thirty-year-olds in the movies. I mean, there's a few plot holes. There's a few questions about that one. Like then they're playing like international teams and like the this yeah there's a few plot holes. So the line is Dean Portman is a teenager who looks thirty. Yeah, I remember that. He probably was as an actor. He was mid twenties. Charlie Conway's number seven. I was out on Charlie all the time. He was, you know, he was trying to bring Gordon Bombay down all the time. Jesse Hall at eight. Ken Wu. Kenny Wu. Woo, 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 Kenny Woo. I remember that. I don't know if you'd get that character off in 2024. No. Russ Tyler. That was the knuckle puck. Russ Tyler, Keenan Thompson. Oh, yeah. He's number 10. All right. There we go. Luis Mendoza is the guy that couldn't stop. Remember? They had this guy on this national team. So fast, but he just flies into the boards. <laughs> Maybe that's Snap. Maybe speed, speed demon doesn't always know where it's going. Hits two fairways. There's a lot of nap possibilities. What we're learning in this list. 
Lester Lester Averman. Oh, Averman is yeah. He's the one he calls a cake eater. He was terrible. They call him a cake eater or something like that. That was the the (laughs) insult. We finally get to Goldberg at fourteen. All right, that's enough of these. If you want, who wrote this? Andrew uh, Grunderdaro wrote this. Rainer.com. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, anything else on well, Jake Knapp or the Mexico? He's now in every major. He's in the players. He's he's a, in all the signature events. Um, it's a great story. He was a bouncer, as we heard many times. But I didn't. Cool. I d- didn't hear that until just now. Um, but yeah, I think this is what you want if you're the PGA Tour. Call it something else, I guess, if you want. But you have to have these pathways. You have to be able to tell these stories. You have to. You cannot say this is, you know, uh, totally imbalanced. There has to be access somewhere. It's not a closed off system. And for for my money, it wasn't a good sporting competition, but it was a good story at the right time for the PGA Tour because they're struggling right now with, with like, is this just some sort of laissez-faire kind of, uh, not laissez-faire, but, but kind of sleepy uh, boys club right now with a bunch of guys making a bunch of money. The the um the thing that the tour needs to preserve is that they have a a huge advantage over live with the ability to to develop like to create stars, um, versus live lives going this model. They're clearly trying to poach young talent, but they can only pick like one or two. And what we what pro golf has proven for decades is who you think is going to be the best at 18 rarely is the one that's the best. You know, Caleb Surratt might end up being the best player of his age group, but the the, the percentages are probably that he isn't going to be. And Liv's going to be able to make like one or two bets. The tour gets the chance of like all these tours kind of building up to this top tier tour. So yeah. I think in the case of Nap, Nap's a great example. Like, has this unbelievable skill where he can just absolutely murder the ball. I think he's a pretty good iron player too. I mean, he was first in, in strokes gained approach this week and he played really well, obviously at Torrey Pines. Um, but like you, you have nap who's 30, like he wouldn't have hung around live until now. Right. Like live would have cut him. No. Look at what, no. look what happened to Pyatt. You know, Pyatt, is he still on the roster? I don't think so. I don't think so. Like they don't have time. They don't, they aren't going to be patient while somebody develops. Think about Norman Zhang, right? Norman Zhang would have been out of there. And now he's back on tour. Who knows? He hasn't gotten many starts. <laughs> feel tough sledding for the corn Ferry tour grads. Yeah. There's the, well, yeah, I, I agree. Well, you can't say that. And then also say the Mexico Open well, shouldn't exist. My Did point you give is if you could have something. these qualifier series tournaments every week and you could have the signature events only a handful of weeks and Seems everything like a plays business in. proposal. I, like for I don't sponsors and stuff like that. Uh, I, don't know. I don't think that the, I don't think the SSG guys have, Cares. have, um, 40, whatever events in their, mind no I've, no, I've, no no i've heard no, i've no. heard all their models no. are like 18 events sure 16 20 that's more the what they're thinking for the tour so these Grupo events Salinas like if, i out. think this is a perfect qualifier series event 
It's 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 a cool. I think that those would have more cachet because you're not trying to tell people that this is important for for the for the event itself. Yep. It crystallized. It, I think we saw this last year with like the Honda Open uh, or the Honda Classic, Classic, the Kirk one, where it was like, oh, this event. is going to be the first event that like not a lot of guys are at, yep. and it was like, oh, like we had Eric Cole and Chris Kirk, and it was oh, this is just like. This is what it is. And I think qualifier series, people like, I, I mean, you, you dogged on the F1 thing, but people like the qualifying stuff for F1, right? Yeah, I, that wasn't why I dogged on it. I mean, yeah, that was a separate thing. I'm just, or I'm F2, using maybe. A, I'm using, F2, yeah. right? The younger kids and whatever those younger circuits are, too. So, yeah, maybe right. Maybe, maybe the way to go. Um, one way to go that I went all weekend is in my B-Dratty. I had all sorts of basketball duties. It was nice outside. It was kind of temperate. It would be like 25 in the morning. Then it'd be pushing 50, sort of mid-afternoon. I was in my everyday vest. Do you have one of these yet? You don't have no. one of these. I'm I wearing my one. Captain Cool Polo right now. Ca- cool Polo or hoodie? You got your hoodie. cool hoodie, hoodie on, it looks like. It doesn't cool look hoodie. like you have a polo on. The Captain Cool, cool Polo is a different You have one. that. Cool. That's for the... That's for the warmer climates. But I've been in my everyday vest probably too much, if I'm being honest. Like, it might be the article of clothing I wear the most. Well, you're uh, just you're doing what it says to do. Wear it every day. That's actually a good point. It's a good point. I mean, it's, it's, it's sort of my, uh, I don't know. It's like my Steve Jobs, like, you know, wearing the black shirt and jeans every day. I'm, I'm in my polo. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm mixing it up with various polos underneath, but I'm in my everyday vest. Uh, it's really good. We were down there in at their bungalow in uh, the Jupiter area in January, and you and another colleague of ours were all kind of locked in on that one specifically. You didn't have one. I had one on me at the time, but uh, everyday vest is a real winner. Like that's our personal opinion after walking through it's 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 you know we've seen it, felt it, worn it a bunch. That is a winner for me, especially hey, as you get into a sort of shoulder season here where a vest might be pretty appropriate what what um what article of bedratty clothing do you think fulton reed would wear maybe the boxers doesn't seem like anything else might not what do I had, you think? it's actually a zr piece they have the the tyson uh hoodie, hoodie. vest yeah but the vest he okay. wear it the, with a hoodie with the vest out. With the, Guns sleeve, out. no yeah. no sleeves yeah that's what he would yeah. wear Charlie or Adam Banks would just be in a, a standard Liam Polo. Liam Polo, which is classic. Cannot go wrong <laughs> with the Liam Polo. The Adam Banks style. What a what a what a uh, bit of synergy you just pulled off there, Andy. Pro professional ad read. But you could use the promo code SGS30 to get 30% off uh your checkout. That's a good chunk when you're ready to go. Check out. That's at zero restriction, but also bdraddy.com. They really kind of up their layer game with a bunch of different materials uh kind of their tried and true that they've done forever and they've got a bunch of other new materials and and whether it's hoodies quarter zips full zips whatever you got uh as we kind of hopefully get into more temperate climates go to bdratty.com use the promo code sgs30 thanks for them for their support really since we've started and, and will kind of be helping us throughout the year really get to some places we want to go and another year of partnership all right Moving on, a couple Mexico Open cleanup spots. I thought Valamaki made an interesting point. 
So they asked him why these Euro Tour guys are popping, doing all right. These top ten guys that came over, Pavon won, Valamaki contending at whatever this is. Because a the difference event. between the the Euro Tour and the and the uh, and the rank and file of the PGA Tour is not that much different. Yeah, I mean that, and there we just don't pay attention to these guys who are playing in wherever they are, Malaysia or Bahrain or whatever it is, Kenya. And, but he made an interesting point. Like basically that tour, we go everywhere in the world. We have to play on every kind of grass, grass types. We're pretty used to like traveling to every far flung corner. So coming to the United States, isn't like a huge sacrifice or a big trip. Um, and he said there. He basically said we're probably more adaptable. We're used to different cultures, different kinds of locations, and different kinds of grass. And so, making the jump to the PGA Tour wasn't this massive shock. Do you have any credence to that? I thought it was a little bit of insight. You ask these players, sometimes you get nothing. It's just a bunch of cliches. I thought it was an interesting one because they're clearly doing pretty well. These top ten guys. Bobby Mag played well again this this week. So. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think this is this would be also the case for the world tour. Um, or right now, like if you're good at playing on Bermuda, like that suits you pretty well on the PGA tour between Texas and Florida and Georgia. Yeah. Like that's a if you if you're not good good at playing on Bermuda, it would be really hard to be a a mediocre PGA tour player because it then reduces you to like, you know. 15 tournaments a year. <laughs> it's fair. That's fair. Uh, what? Go ahead. You're going to say something? No. Good. I, One I other mean, cleanup note from Mexico was Matt Wallace did a walking talk and hit it in the water. Kind of bad. That was tough. Lamagna had a good tweet. Like, just launching one in the water, then having to put the AirPods back in. It's like unbelievable TV. Pretty good stuff. Uh, and he was class all the way around and got applauded for it. He, he did his duty and finished off the walking talk. Are you excited uh, for the Luke Donald run? I've got that announcer. in my notes here. What's the run? What does that mean? Two days two on NBC on the weekend? Or four, was there more? He's the API too. So four, oh, okay. four, four rounds of LD in the booth. That's great. I'm ex- I, Would you be more I'm excited not, about Larry David in the booth or Luke Donald in the booth? That's not fair to Luke Donald. And I know. Um, I, I don't think I think I'd be more excited about Larry David in the booth than anybody. Yeah. All these guys they've trotting out. I'm not I'm excited about individually, but it's like like I like Kisner. I like Kurt Byram. I like Bones. But it's like it's not a long term. It's clear obviously they know that. It's not a long term strategy. It's just like they're dropping them in. I like Luke Donald. I'm excited to see his work. I also think that one of the things is that it's easy to be good for like a week or two or three. When somebody shows their chops is when it's like eight weeks and it's a dead event and you're like, wow, that guy was, that was really good. Yeah. I mean, that's where you get into. So these two week tryouts don't mean anything because the market, well, they're not even tryouts. At- what are I mean, they? Bones? What, what are I they? don't know. Bones is not coming. To, I guess he's coming. He's coming back to TV eventually. I don't know. But we had facts in the tower, I guess, was this week. He was the lead guy. So. Is this NBC quiet quitting? No. On golf. NBC getting caught with their pants down in December when Azinger quits. And now they don't like. I guess you do this instead of hastily signing someone to a long term deal that you don't 
know is good or aren't sold on entirely. But they should try Hubie Brown. It doesn't create a lot of continuity. <laughs> Jeff Van Gundy's available. Hubie Brown. That's um, unbelievable. Yeah, I can't believe he's still doing it. Congrats to him. Um, that's all I got on Mexico Open. Uh, you've, you've hit on my news about, uh, what's his name, Luke Donald. Other other winners, Patty Tavitaniket wins the LPJ Honda Thailand event. Uh, she's won back-to-back now. I think she won in uh, the Saudi Aramco thing last week. She's kind of wandered in the wilderness, won that Dinah Shore at the old uh, Mission Hills uh, in Palm Springs area. Won her first major. She's like crushes the ball. She has a little bit of like, you know, charisma. Everybody's fired up. She's going to be a big star. And then she kind of fell off as like is perfectly acceptable, understandable, uh, really emotional. I think last year at the Scottish or the, the women's British when she like, I think made a cut. So it's, it's just been a long haul. And now she's won back to back. LPJ would be better served if she uh, kind of got up to that elite level again. So congrats to her that Patty one. obviously T. winning winning her home country too pretty cool scene um that's got to be one of the best things when you are an international player that plays mostly in america when you get to go home and win yeah and like thai women's golf is it's like only getting stronger and deeper and her winning this home event is just going to keep building that so um darius von Driel. The, of the famous Von Driel family won the magical Kenya Open, but the star of the show was Ronald Rugamayo, the Ugandan who made the cut on the number and then was the content gods just squeezed him for every drop from the European tour, every interview, every, uh, and they were all great. I, I enjoyed every one of them, but uh, I think the first East African to make a cut on the DP World Tour, it was a really cool scene and they, they showed clips and he had a great interview about how like, I don't even care what I do in my career as long as like this makes more East Africans, Ugandans take up the game. Like that's really the entire point of, well, the larger point of what I'm trying to do. So it was cool. That was a cool scene. And probably the only way something like the magical Kenya open is going to pop because it ain't for Darius Von Jareel. Um, and then last but not least, Carlos Ortiz wins in Oman. Uh, he won the international series event. His brother his, was contending at uh, in Mexico. Was he's in his Torque uniform and his Torque f- f- uh, teammates showered him with water and stuff on the 18th green. I guess the one thing was it kind of sucks. I was doing like Flashback Friday research last week, and it was on Esteban Toledo. Like I don't know, not a long time ago, 10, 15 years ago. And there were no Mexicans on the PGA Tour, and he was like working like full time, full status. And he was like working to kind of keep developing talent. And now obviously there's a bit more. You got Abe Answer, Carlos Ortiz. And it's just kind of like it's growing so much and they've gotten so much stronger. You just wish with the Mexico open this week. Yeah. Carlos Ortiz, you talk about Patty T winning in Thailand and winning at home. And you've got these two guys on the other side of the country playing in Oman. So hey Jed, uh, James Pyatt finished T twenty seven. Congrats. Must be looking for a waiver claim. He's trying. He's trying there in the G League, trying to get a spot. Um, Who do you think's a better golfer, James Pyatt or Anthony Kim? That's where I'm going next. Speaking of 
potentially playing in far-flung dust, far-flung corners of the globe. Anthony Kim, internet, you know, golf man of mystery. Everyone's just been dying to see him play again. Will you play? Could you come back? Reports are he might be. And it will be it. Royal Greens, King Abdullah Economic City, and Jeddah, if reports from, I think, Flushing It had it on Twitter, other live kind of connected sort of live sourced folks had said that he will be appearing as a wild card spot. It's a little, it's great. It's cool that he's going to be back playing public golf. That it's happening in Jeddah is pretty anticlimactic when the, 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 the American fan cry for that has been 10 years building. I don't know. <laughs> they've, they've been telling us for years, just wait for Jeddah. <laughs> and this, this year, they finally, finally hit it. I mean, Are I'm you excited about this. I, I'm curious. Like, it, it, it's just like a super interesting golf experiment, right? Like, what happens to a guy that was a world class player if he doesn't play? competitively for 11 years what happens um it's an experiment years yeah that's the got a bit of a side gotten gotten paid yeah i i mean some of the reporting the tweets were like it's a like spec deal like let's see how he is i was like i don't based on the uh, the insurance has to be covered that's not happening he's not like it has to be a minimum of 10 guaranteed yeah. yeah Um, the, the reports are like, no, they're, they're not giving him a lot. They just want to see how he is. He's not coming back. If that's the case. Um, it's not, it's not a signing or move born out of competition. It's one that's born out of entertainment. Um, and probably the live haters will use that. Like this is just further evidence that this is a sideshow. Um, this isn't real golf competition. This is just sort of money exchanging hands and uh, with a lot of music and some golf shots and it's dressed up as competition, but it's really just an exercise in trying to wedge our way into pro golf and, you know, move some money around. I guess my counter to that would be pretty much every PGA tour event with a sponsor's exemption at its disposal would also invite Anthony Kim tomorrow. If he signaled he would play. Yeah. So it's the division, the the, the, the sideshow entertainment or whatever you want to call it. And I'm not like he was had loads of talent at one point. He's not, you know, this isn't like a a legacy deal or a entertainer. He's, but it's a move. You you invite him for hype and entertainment. The PGA Tour would do this for its sponsors exemptions. They would get him in if he said he would do it and he signaled he would. And for me, like. That just brings us back down the path to the same sort of point that's been made. We've done it a bunch here of like this era of disruption only seems to be elevating the majors more and more and more as like sort of the last sort of distinctive. I'm not saying the PJ tour and live are like neck and neck in terms of pure competition, but they both have Anthony Kim in a heartbeat and they'd find a way to do it. And I think that's something when you just pop live, you need to think about when you're, you know, what the tour would also do and the majors would not. And they continue to distinguish themselves probably in that way. So I don't know. Are you going to watch Anthony Kim? You have any Anthony Kim thoughts? I don't know. I don't know. The, the, this don't is know. where, where the Thursday, the Friday, Saturday, set, Sunday schedule might work against them for me this weekend. Just not be locked in. It's going to be in the middle of, or it's late night for you. 
prime time yeah, in the west pro- coast i don't know i think i think it's like in the middle of the night okay probably early et so we'll see i mean the we don't have that confirmed yet. That's not officially announced, right? Like Liv has not said that he will be there or anything like that. You know, we had gotten reports that he was playing in Palm Springs and doing pretty well with, with a stable of coaches. Um, but uh, I guess it's not officially announced yet that he'll be there. So it'd be interesting to see him return. It would start at midnight my time, I think. Okay. It's not, not great. Not great. Uh, all right. I think that does it for this Monday episode. Everyone enjoy. Your victory Mondays. What Just, what uh what character of Mighty Ducks do you think AK would be? I don't know. It's a good question. Somebody who's been lost, gone forever, a lot of adversity. Maybe Charlie could didn't Charlie Conway give up the game in like season three? Or the ep- the third one? Maybe. Had he like could be given no up? it could be. Could be Gordon Bombay. <laughs> Kind of had, kind of had a raspable, got a little bit of behavioral issues. Maybe the point where, and I'm not saying AK is doing community service, been gone for a while, has some expertise and a lot of history buried down deep in there, an expert. And then, you know, he just kind of got wild and got sideways, and now he's back. He's stepping out of the limo to this ragtag group of competitors. He's got to figure out where he fits in. You know who Greg Norman is? Oh, I'm trying to remember the movie. Who? The it's other, the opposing coach in, in season one. Right? He's oh, got to be. Yeah. Yeah. That <laughs> actor's in like a bunch of stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. That yeah, actor is like a villain in like name. all these sports movies. Yeah. I can't believe we're doing more Mighty Ducks segments. God, I got to figure out what the name of that. We'll follow up with that. That guy's in a ton of, he's always the villain and often in sports movies, I would say. So just, just going off my hunch there. So, All right. Can we wrap it? That'll do it. Who's Hans? Who's Hans? (laughs) I forgot about Hans. (laughs) I don't remember. Oh, oh, the guy sharpening skates. That's a good one. I need to think about All right, that. More, we'll do more Mighty Jack Ducks Nicholas, coverage, maybe. I don't know who Hans might be. Just guy available. Gary Player. For, uh, Gary inside. Player. Yeah, maybe that. Maybe that. All right, everyone enjoy your Mondays. We'll be back with you on Wednesday.